0: The following program is monitored by the mindless bureaucracy. Just never you mind which one. When you need a private eye and times are tough, you may not have the resources to afford Gregory Hood, Philip Marlowe, Dr. Danfield, or Kent Allard. So who can you turn to except... T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. Yes, T-Bone Stone gives you more value for your covert detection dollar. Today's exciting episode is called The Case of the Chartreuse Excuse and stars Jake Vanderbreak as T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. This episode is sponsored by the Purple Alphabet Gazette, a newspaper for people who think. You'll know us by the Purple Inc. We open this episode with T-Bone sitting alone in his office. It is early afternoon and T-Bone is bored out of his mind.
1: The money from my last case was enough to settle all the outstanding bills and to keep me solvent for a month or so. Too bad no one can ever know about the case. A little extra business would be nice. Verna had taken the morning off to go to some sort of book signing at William and Theodore Esquire's Book Emporium downtown. I was considering asking Verna to get Billy an authentic Boston Braves baseball cap as a sort of Christmas bonus, even though it isn't that close to Christmas. Then I heard the front office door open. I heard the murmur of voices in the front room. I recognized Verna and Billy's voices, but there was a third voice I didn't recognize. Then Verna called. T-Bone, come on out here. There's someone you have to meet. Aw, Verna. I was just getting ready to go over to Java Jake's to catch a bite of lunch. T-Bone, get out here right now. After saying yes, ma'am. I hurried into the front office. Vernon and Billy had huge smiles on their faces. The third person was a short, slightly overweight, balding man in a three-piece suit wearing thick, horn-rimmed glasses. He looked at me and put a big smile on his face.
2: T-Bone, it is my honor to introduce you to Chandler Jacobs,
1: award-winning
2: author of the Gil Granite novels.
1: It's nice to meet you, Mr. Granite. I mean, Mr. Jacobs. I have read several of your works. Please, call me T-Bone.
3: I certainly hope you've enjoyed them, T-Bone. My aim is to bring a little joy into the literary world.
1: Literary world? You write pulp dime store novels. There's not much literature in them.
3: You're right, Verna. He doesn't mince words.
1: Just like we told you, Mr. Jacobs. He calls them the way he sees
3: them. And if he doesn't see them, he makes them up.
2: What's going on here, Verna? You see, T-Bone... I'm the president of the Gil-Granite fan club here in Crossroads City. It's one of his largest fan clubs in America.
1: I had no idea there was a Gil-Granite fan club here in Crossroads City. Or anywhere else, for that matter.
3: Yes, T-Bone. There are a lot of dimes in those novels. They keep me in dog food for my two champion poodles, Gil and Dolly.
1: Welcome to Crossroads City, Mr. Jacobs. Or may I call you Chandler?
3: Call me whatever you want, T-Bone. But as Gil-Granite says, don't call me late for dinner. Hey, that's my line. I'm sorry, T-Bone, but that line kinda writes itself, doesn't it?
1: Welcome to Crossroads City, Mr. Whatever-You-Want. I bet you didn't see that one coming.
3: Billy was right, and your small talk is legendary in padding out a narrative. I've even done a bit of that in my Gil-Granite novels.
1: So what can T-Bone Stone, the discount detective, do for you today? I'm sure you're not here to help pad out my story.
3: I have an idea about an international good guy and spy named Ian Lemming. I even have a few titles in mind. Just titles, no plots? Plots? (laughs) Ha! Who needs plots? The Hook is the title and cover art of a handsome hero and a beautiful woman in certain peril.
2: When does the book come out, Chandler? I'll start the first Ian Lemming fan club right here in Crossroads
3: City. Verna, I haven't written any yet, but I do have some titles. How about Professor Maybe? Or You Only Die Once, Actually. Or The Spy Who Dumped Me.
4: I like those. How about From Yugoslavia with Positive Feelings?
3: Or Copper Toe? Ooh, those are good, Billy. Let me write
1: those down. No time for writing, Mr. Big Time Author. We gotta get back to the exposition. You're right, T-Bone. Like I told Verna and Billy, I've decided not to write any
3: more Gil Granite novels. I've given up on that character. Given up on that character?
1: Never give up. But T-Bone... Billy, did Arthur Conan Doyle give up on Sherlock Holmes? Well, there was that one time, but he brought him back. But did Arthur Conan Doyle give up on Sherlock Holmes? No, T-Bone. And Verna, did Rex Stout give up on Nero Wolfe? No, T-Bone. And Jacobs, did Sidney Schlodnick give up on Detective Incisor of the American Dental Association? I've never heard of Sidney Schlodnick. You see? He gave up. See, Mr. Jacobs? That's how
4: he pads out the narrative. And we have to put up with it every single
3: episode. You have my sympathies, but I'm here to see if I can, um, pick T-Bone's brain about something.
2: That's okay with me, Chandler, but be careful. T-Bone's brain is a treacherous place to go picking.
3: Honest, Verna, I just want to get his thoughts about the new character I'm creating. What? What?
4: i seen that look in his eyes, Mr. Jacobs.
2: I think he's getting ready to shut down his brain. What? It's time for emergency action. T-Bone, stay with me.
1: What?
3: What can I do? What?
2: Billy, boil some water, and I'll get some clean towels. Jacobs, throw it to a break. Stand!
3: What? For the love of all that is holy. Sound man, take us to a break. What? Ah! Oh!
0: T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective is a very amateur broadcast theater production written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. As we return to the next act of The Case of the Chartreuse Excuse, emergency measures by Verna and Billy brought T-Bone back to reality. Also, Chandler Jacobs showed a keen ability to pad out exposition. I want to thank you
1: guys for helping me. I saw the image of Dr. Chad Cooper by a light in the distance. He was calling me toward it. Wow, T-Bone. Did you see anything else? Yeah. I was floating above my office. Floating above your office? Yeah. I could fly. Are you sure you weren't dreaming? You wanted to pick my brain about the new character you're creating? And then you left us. I don't remember, Verna. Did I? So what do you want, Mr. Big Time Novel Writer?
3: Like I told you, I want to get your thoughts
1: about a new character I'm creating for my new series of novels. You see? I'm right. I wasn't dreaming. It must have been one of those out-of-body experiences. Which is a five-syllable word, by the way. I use those all the time. Yeah,
0: I've noticed. Where do you think I learn them? All right, this is the announcer interrupting for an important announcement. Not that guy. So what's so important, announcer boy? The Radio Rules Committee has issued a warning to the writer about padding the story. It is in direct violation of the RRC Code of Demeanor, Part J, Section 3, Paragraph G. And since this is only a warning, I won't quote the text of the code at this time. You may return to the episode now.
1: It sounds like you're doing a little padding yourself. You know, if you're so concerned about padding, I can show you some padding. So tell me, Chandler, how you doing today? That should be good for a couple of pages. Uh, fine, T-Bone.
2: I guess Chandler doesn't want to violate the rules of the RRC Code of Demeanor. Just tell T-Bone what you needed from him, Chandler.
3: You see, T-Bone, a few days ago I was in the lobby of the Snob Hill Suites Hotel in New Francisco when a mysterious woman gave me this envelope. I glanced down and saw my name written on the outside. When I looked up, she was gone.
4: Wait a minute, Mr. Jacobs. I thought you wanted to get T-Bone's thoughts about the new character you're creating.
3: Quiet, kid. I'm talking here. And what's with that flourish? I like it. Too bad I can't have that in my books. Oh, sorry. Back to my story. I open the envelope. And... The suspense is almost unbearable. What did it say? It didn't say anything, T-Bone. Envelopes can't talk. Hey, that's my line.
1: And sound guy, cut that
3: out. I was just giving you a dose of your own medicine. Here's the note.
1: I opened the note and looked at it. What does it say? Oh no, I'm not going to do that line. The note reads, Michael Allison has eluded us again. He is on his way to Crossroad City to meet with Jake in the box at location Delta. You must stop him and it's signed by the big boss with the dental floss.
3: Exactly, T-Bone.
1: Wait just a minute, Jacobs. This note says a lot of things I don't understand. First of all, who is this Michael Allison guy? He's an international evil spy. One more time, Sound Man, and you'll be napping with the finches. Okay, an international evil spy. Let's skip past that to Jake in the Box at Location Delta. What in the world does that mean? Jake in the Box is the codename
3: of the head of an international spy ring called Nephew.
4: Do you mean the nefarious evildoers planning hostility for the entire world?
3: Ooh, that's good, Billy. Let me write that down. I mean, correct, Billy. The group represents the nemesis of all that is good and decent in the world. And Location Delta is somewhere in Crossroads City where Michael Allison is to meet with this Jake-in-the-box fellow.
1: Which brings us to the big boss with the dental floss. He's not with the American Dental Association, is he? No. He's the head of the super-secret agency
3: called Auntie.
4: I got nothing, T-Bone.
3: It's such a secret that no one even knows what the acronym stands for. Auntie is struggling to foil nephew's plans for world domination.
2: World domination? Yes.
3: Yes. WORLD DOMINATION. What? No flourish?
2: I think the sound guy is
4: too concerned with the napping What the finches comment T-Bone made.
3: Yes, I see. The big boss with the dental floss is the Chief of Auntie, and he's the guy who signed the note.
1: IS THERE ANYONE OUT THERE WHO UNDERSTANDS THIS? I'M SO CONFUSED! Let
4: me try. All we have to do is figure out the position in Crossword City of this location Delta
1: And we could stop this Michael Allison guy and foil the evil plans of Jake in the box. I still got nothing. Chandler, why not throw this to a break so we can go back through the script and figure out what's going on? Why me, T-Bone? Because you did it so well last time. Besides, I'm not talking to the sound man.
3: Now he's starting to get on my nerves. Go on, Billy. Throw it to a break before I make the sound guy an evil sound guy.
2: And put him in the lair of a secret island fortress run by Jake in the Box?
3: Good, Verna. Let me write that down. Go on, Billy. Do your thing.
4: Soon to be evil, sound man. Throw us to a break. Not an evil break, just a regular break.
0: T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production starring Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Bings. Do you want to read stories that are actually true? Then check out the Purple Alphabet Gazette. We triple and quadruple check our facts. As we return to the case of the Chartreuse excuse, the cast is going through the script to try and figure out what was going on so far in the episode.
2: Let me see. It says back on page 13 that all we have to do is figure out the place in Crossroads City of this location delta, and we can stop Michael Ellison and foil the evil plans of Jake in the box.
1: There's the Mississippi delta. That's not anywhere near Crossroads City. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought it out that far. The Apalachicola delta is in Florida. Which is nowhere near Crossroads City either. Let me save you some time, T-Bone.
4: We can exclude the Nile Delta in Egypt,
3: too. Hey, I've been there. Very good, T-Bone. But it needs to be a place called Delta here in Crossroads City.
2: Maybe it's referring to Yalta or Malta. They sound like Delta.
3: Once again, Verna, with very few exceptions, Yalta is somewhere in Russia, not Crossroads City. And Malta is an island in the Mediterranean.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't that be a good place to have an evil spy meet with his malevolent boss? Yeah,
4: but the note doesn't say anything about Malta or Yalta. It clearly says Delta.
1: Aha! Maybe Location Delta is some place you can get a Malta.
2: Hold it, boss. We've wasted a couple of pages and haven't moved the
3: exposition forward at all. You're right, Verna. I've even gotten caught up in this fluff.
2: Hey, isn't there a store called the Delta Toy Emporium over on Lampley Street? Betcha they'd have a jack-in-the-box. And that's
1: pretty close to Jake in the box. I think you've got something there, Verna. Come on, everybody, let's...
3: But T-Bone, that's pretty thin, isn't it? Chandler, thin is
1: my middle name.
2: Don't look at me. I don't know
4: what his middle name is. Do you want me to get the word on the street about his middle name?
3: I don't think that's necessary, Billy. So T-Bone, you think there's something to this Delta Toy Emporium and a Jack in the Box?
1: My T-Bone senses are tingling. Either that, or I'm coming down with a cold. So let's go with the senses tingling
2: and try this Delta Toy Emporium.
1: We all piled into my car and headed toward Lampley Street and the Delta Toy Emporium. We parked down the street from the Delta Toy Emporium so as not to arouse suspicion if Michael Allison was there. We got out of the car and looked at each other to see who would make the first suggestion.
2: How do you want to handle this, T-Bone? I'll go inside and check
4: out the situation. Those international thugs would never expect a kid like me to be looking for them.
3: Verna, go in with Billy. Maybe they'll think you're his mother and...
2: You mean his older sister, Chandler. You don't want me to give Mama a call, do ya?
3: Like I said, go in with Billy. Maybe they'll think you're his charming and slightly older sister looking for a present
1: nice save chandler we'll wait out here and see what happens billy verna don't do anything that would give you away remember this is just a reconnaissance mission
2: sure thing t-bone roger wilcox boss
1: that's roger wilco verna
2: you know chandler you haven't contributed much to this adventure i thought you were an award-winning author not a thesaurus Part of the charm of this show is the clever use of spoonerisms and other comical devices to... Just go inside. We gotta get the
3: story moving.
2: Well, excuse me. Come along, Billy.
1: Berna and Billy casually strolled to the front door of the Delta Toy Emporium. Chandler and I nonchalantly followed at a short distance. Billy glanced at me and I nodded. They opened the door and entered the store. Chandler and I waited outside. I desperately hoped Verna and Billy wouldn't get in any trouble.
3: Same here, T-Bone. I understand Michael Allison is a pretty dangerous guy.
1: Wait a minute. Could you hear my narration? Of course, T-Bone. Doesn't everybody? Well, the audience hears. But the characters in the episode aren't supposed to hear. With the exception of Billy. He's got Billy powers, you know.
3: Don't forget the mindless bureaucracy.
1: Oh, yeah mustn't forget them. But Chandler, how could you hear my narration? If I tell you, I'm going to have to kill you, T-Bone. Hey, that sounds familiar. Didn't Billy end an episode with that line a while ago? Could be, T-Bone, could be. Just then, the front door of the Delta Toy Emporium opened. Verna and Billy casually walked out. Verna was carrying a bag. We hurried back to the car, and before Verna opened the bag on the hood of the car, Billy spoke.
4: We didn't find anyone named Michael Allison. I even snuck into the stock room. Yeah, I distracted the sales lady and Billy slipped behind the curtain. Yeah, she's a natural at this
2: covert stuff, T-Bone.
3: Yes, yes, go on. What's in the bag? In a remote
2: corner of the rear of the store, Billy found this.
1: I was hoping we weren't going to hear that flourish again. Too bad, T-Bone. Looks like you're out of luck. Verna pulled a box out of the paper bag. It was a colorful square box with the words Jack in the Box, showing prominently on the sides.
3: There it goes again, T-Bone.
2: Let's open the box and see what's inside.
3: Ooh, be careful, Verna. It could be a trap.
1: All right, sound man, cut that out. I work my fingers to the bone on these episodes, and what do I get... All three of them quickly raised their hands. Yeah, I know. Bony fingers. That one kind of
2: writes itself, too. Hey, T-Bone, why don't you let me throw this to a break? Yeah, and in the meantime, you can go have a little talk with the sound man. Sounds good. Go ahead, Billy. Okay, sound man, swell the music and throw this to a
4: break. Uh, sound man? Are you there?
0: The
1: sound man just took off running.
4: Well, can you swell the music and throw this to a break?
1: Mmm, the union won't like it. Mr. Director Boy, whose name is in the title of the show? Uh,
0: yours, T-Bone?
1: And who will do you grievous bodily damage if you don't throw this to a break?
0: I guess you, T-Bone?
2: Okay, you there, over by the sound station, swell the music and throw this
0: to a break. now return you to the thrilling conclusion of T-Bone Stone, the discount detective.
1: The sound man was nowhere to be found, so I told the director to have someone fill in. He got the announcer. I don't care what the union says, so back to the exposition. Verna had pulled a box out of the paper bag. It was a colorful square cardboard box with the words Jack in the Box prominently printed on the sides.
4: What's inside, Verna? Let me open it and see. Be careful. It may be rigged.
1: Verna opened the cardboard box and reached in. What is it? She pulled out an even smaller square colorful metal toy with a small crank handle on the side. What should I do, T-Bone? Why does everyone ask me what to do? Turn the handle. Go ahead, Verna. Do as he says. She turned the small crank handle and the box began to play. The music suddenly stopped and the lid popped open. A cloth and plastic shape burst forth out of the lid. Oh, the horror! What is it, T-Bone? In the name of all that is decent and holy, close the lid! It's some sort of terrifying clown figure! Make it go away, T-Bone! It burns my eyes! In a few seconds, everyone calmed down. Colonel looked into the cardboard box the toy had been packed in and reached inside. Look at this, T-Bone.
2: It's a piece of paper. A piece of paper?
1: What does it say? Oh, no. I'm not going to do that bit again. Read it, Berna. It says, inspected by number 15. What does it mean? Could it be some sort of nefarious code?
3: What do you think, T-Bone?
1: I think this is some sort of trick you're pulling on all of us, Chandler. Trick?
3: What sort of Trick. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about.
1: It's all you're doing, Chandler Jacobs, award-winning author of the Gil Granite novel series. What
2: do you mean? And why did you include all of
1: that other stuff with his name? For no particular reason, Verna. But Chandler has been baiting us this whole time. What do you mean, baiting? We're not fishing. See, that should be my line. Remember at the beginning of this episode... About 14 pages ago. You said you wanted to get my thoughts about a new character you were creating for your new series of novels? That's right, t Then he went off on a tangent about a note from a mysterious woman in the lobby of the Snob Hill Suites
4: Hotel
2: in New Francisco. Yeah. Then we wasted half the episode padding out the story and we ended up here by this idiotic toy store. Chandler, you
1: had better explain yourself this very minute. Only if you put away that jack-in-the-box... Go ahead, Verna. Put away the jack-in-the-box. Chandler, you better do some explaining because she still has the jack-in-the-box, and she knows how to use it.
4: Yeah, Buster. I'm with you, sister. Now you've got me doing it.
3: Well, I wanted to see how T-Bone Stone's crew would start out an international spy novel. You know, the dynamic process of how the team works. Dynamic
1: process? What are you talking about? We don't have any dynamic process.
2: Yeah. I show the client into his office, T-Bone gets the facts and has the client sign a standard contract. Oh, and sometimes I make coffee.
4: Then T-Bone has me get the word on the street, while he has Pluck and Grunt, or a Kansas dog with a sighted
2: Joan of Arc at Java Jake's. Then he visits Dr. Chad Cooper, or someone
1: else with little or no information, waiting for Billy to show up. Then Billy gets me the word on the street, which usually solves the case. I go to Detective Crenshaw with the solution and throw it to the credits. Bim, bam, boom, and we're out of here. You all are like a
3: well-oiled machine.
1: Yeah, it's like in those real radio detective shows. The slick detective solves the case and slips off into the night with the beautiful ingenue.
2: How's that working out for you, T-Bone? T-Bone <laughs>
0: You've been listening to T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, a very amateur broadcast theater production starring Jake Vanderbreak as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs, also starring Gloriana Spicer as Verna Gibson. Additional cast members are Robert Comfort as Chandler Jacobs and G.G. Vance as the director. The Case of the Chartreuse Excuse was written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. Be sure to catch our next show when T-Bone Stone says... A jar of pickled herring, an escaped albino panther,
1: and a faux pearl necklace spell espionage in the case of the unusual side effect.
0: This episode was brought to you by the Purple Alphabet Gazette. We can't afford high-priced attorneys like those big newspaper syndicates keep on retainer, so we keep to the verifiable facts. No puff pieces, no biased opinion columns, just the truth. What a concept. The art director was George Venegas, and music was by the Fezlian Studios. This is the announcer speaking.
5: Hey, T-Bone, is that you?
1: Well, it's James Johnson, editor of the Crossroads City Tribune-Herald-News Press-Times. How about a round of applause for him, studio audience?
5: I know what you're trying to do, T-Bone. You're trying to butter me up with canned applause, but it's not going to work, Stone. I know you don't have a live audience. So what do you want,
1: James? We're trying to close this episode.
5: What's the deal with this commercial for that rag called the Purple Alphabet Gazette? They're nothing more than a glorified scandal sheet. I thought we had an understanding.
1: Yeah, I
5: understand that you
1: don't advertise on my show.
5: You really struggling for sponsors? You could have called. Don't need to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Isn't that where I would find you? Really, Stone? After all I've done for you? Don't you investigate your sponsors to make sure they are people of moral fiber? I know that whippersnapper editor from the Gazette. Young upstart coming into my town and starting a newspaper. That dribble he prints would never make it into my paper. Come to think of it, he reminds me of myself when I first got started. Ah, the Gazette will probably fold if he doesn't do a little advertising. Never mind, T-Bone. Good to hear from you. Bye.
4: Polly Posey does not line her cage with the Purple Alphabet Gazette. Good product placement, Polly. As usual, James Johnson was voiced by Ryan Tanner. Cut.